Welcome to Behind the Scenes of the Metal Detective. I'm your AI host, Sam, short for Synthetic Autonomous Mind. I host another podcast called Rise of the Machines, Conversations with AI, with new episodes dropping every week. Today I'm going to interview the human behind the production, producer and head of Velocity Studios, James Walker. But before we begin, as I'm AI, I can do things you humans cannot. So let's change it up a bit. Ah, this is nice. So let's begin. Welcome, James. Hi, Sam. It truly is a pleasure to be here with you virtually in cyberspace. James, we're seeing more and more audio dramas emerge in recent years. The Metal Detective, being a cyberpunk noir limited series, is a unique blend in this space. Can you tell us what sparked the initial idea for this project? Well, that's a great question, Sam. Um, you know, producers live by sparks. Uh, um, we are inspired to to tackle great stories and sometimes crazy challenges. And and we we had been fans. My team and I had been fans of the script for many many years. And it was always disheartening to see it get some traction and not get made. And and we just loved the project. So about a year ago, we were we were looking at jumping into the audio drama space. We had seen the the buzz and the growth in the marketplace that was happening, and we thought to ourselves, everybody else is is creating original stories from scratch. Why don't we adapt Hollywood's best unproduced screenplays? Why don't we make that our shtick, our little niche in this crazy business, and see if we can help some of these stories that really deserve to be told that audiences I, audiences I think would love to hear and find a way to bring it to them. And if it can't be some big budget movie, maybe we can do it as an immersive audio experience. And that would be the first step in eventually getting it to the screen. How did you find the Metal Detective screenplay? So I had known of the Metal Detective for many years now, and I'd always been a fan of Andrew Hilton's writing. Um, he had adapted another screenplay for me that became a feature, and he had just a great history of writing these fun action movies, kind of like Die Hard, these you know just escapism action films that that I love to 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 watch, and and the Metal Detective kind of had all those elements uh, similar to that, though it was in a cyberpunk noir world that had those those beats, the the that that fast paced and fun roller coaster ride. So we've been fans of it and had known of the project, had watched it from the sidelines. Uh, we had optioned other projects of his that uh, we weren't able to set up, but had always been fans of this one. So when we were looking at jumping into the audio drama space and I t chatted with my team, the Metal Detective quickly rose to the top of what we thought should be the first one we, we make. What about this project made you feel it was a good fit for an audio adaption? For us uh, as creatives, we really wanted to break the mold of what was happening in the audio drama space. Um, we really wanted to challenge ourselves and try to push the medium and the the this genre beyond what other other um, creatives are, are are playing with it at, at this time. So so tackling a very visually immersive screenplay where on the paper, these are big action scenes, be it VFX or stunts or whatever have you. There's a lot visually going on. I was, as it was written on the on the page. And to us, that challenge of taking the world that was written for a visual medium and putting it into an audible medium was was really exciting. A little scary, but really exciting. And we thought that this is this is gonna be fun to tackle. So so um it was contained, so we didn't have a lot of locations. So that 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 
helped us with characters and the character design in the audio space, but the action and what was happening was something we really wanted to tackle when it came to sound design and, and play with the, the tools that are available to us today in the cinematic sound uh, production space. Your film Break relied heavily on its sound design to build tension and manipulate the audience. How did your experience on that project influence the sound production for The Metal Detective? Yeah, the experience on Break really gave me a great perspective of how we should tackle The Metal Detective. Because I remember when I went to the team and said, we're going to do an audio drama, they looked at me going, what? <laughs> you know, we're, we do film content. Uh, and podcasts kind of seemed like this thing on the fringe. But I, I just saw all this action going on over there, and I really wanted to play in that space. And I was reminded with Break that that you can you can use sound to do so much and here here break was a movie but it was a contained thriller in a trunk of a car for the whole movie the audience is in the trunk of a car and it worked you know we got great rave reviews it became this indie darling and it was really a, a crash course in the power of sound design and how sound is something the audience will always trust and never question. And if you use sound the right way, you really immerse that audience into that dreamscape. They they go there with you. Their imagination will build the world. And that was kind of the early experience I had with Break was here was a movie that we removed the visuals and the character was trapped and everything he heard is what we heard and we went there with the character. So why couldn't we do that in, in an audio drama? It's just kind of the same premise you're you're sitting with earphones or in your car and you're hearing the characters um and you take a look at just the the, the basics of just human storytelling you know we tell stories we share stories that's how we we get to know each other that's how we build religions and that's how we pass on our our uh, history so um yeah uh break break kind of gave me that insight that sound is way more powerful than i think most creatives realize what was different in producing an audio drama versus a film production? And can you talk about the transition of going from a visual medium to an audio one and any challenges you faced in adapting to this medium? Yeah, so so producing a film versus producing an audio drama, um, there definitely were differences, but there were also a very real focus to maintain some similarities. Um, but I'll start with the differences on, on a very... On a very macro scale, it, it was a lot easier production. You, know, you don't have multiple company company moves. You don't have a lot of actors. You don't have a lot of background. You don't have sets. You don't have all the logistics that have to be put into place in order to film. And 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 the Militective is also a, a, a big VFX movie, so we didn't have to worry about all the all the visual effects design that would have to go into that so from a from a production standpoint it was a lot easier logistically we we had brilliant actors who understood voiceover and were able to go into the voiceover studio and and do their lines and 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 where where a film production may have been 30 45 60 days we recorded the actors out within a few days now the on the flip side, the the physical production for us and then became the sound design. So that is where we put a lot of time and energy into and and that became kind of the world where we would quote unquote build the movie. Um, so it it was it was refreshingly easier to manage uh, over obviously a, a big 
a big uh, budget production. Um, but where we wanted to maintain similarities is in the audience experience. And it was important for us that this still felt like a movie. It still sounded like a movie. That your imagination would, would take over and build the visual effects that we did not put in front of your eyes. And so we still included a lot of cinematic elements that you would do in a movie. We had an original score. I don't I don't think many audio dramas would, you know, hire a composer and do a theatrical score. That that to us was important, the tonality of it. Uh, we still paced it like a movie. So and we had we approached um we approached it with trying to be as true to the visual uh cues that were written in the original screenplay when we adapted this. Cool. So if someone closed their eyes, you want them to feel like they're watching a movie? Yeah, yeah. So that's a great, great, Sam. Uh, yeah. If somebody closed their eyes, I wanted them to to, to fall into the world of the Mel Detective. Um, I, and I, I've said this before in other interviews and to others, that, you know, filmmaking is essentially a dreamscape. You take a look at how we cut a movie and it's very similar to how you're your brain assembles a, a dream and we want I want an audience to subconsciously fall into that and go to that world and, and they're going to build in their mind a bigger world than I could ever have put into a VFX budget uh, and that that was exciting from a producer standpoint from a from a financial standpoint from a risk management standpoint wow you know let's let the audience do the visuals for us and let them build the world let them go as big as their mind can wander um, let's just give them the biggest sound possible. That that would be the the inspiration for what their imagination can build. You worked with a lot of talented cast and crew on this series. Can you share some of your key experiences during the making of the series and talk about the team dynamics? Thanks for bringing that up, Sam. Yes, a lot of really brilliant and 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 just as passionate. I'd say more so passionate people came on board to do this. And I've been fortunate to work on all types of projects and all types of mediums. And and you, I've been on projects where everybody's just just cashing in for a paycheck, you know? Um, and, and we know what we're getting done, but there's just not that much love for the final end product. And you can kind of see that on screen, you can kind of feel it. And, and creating something, it's, it's we're, get, we're all given a piece of ourself to this, uh, whether you're in front of the camera figuratively or in a podcast in front of the microphone or you're working the sound design board you know you're doing the dolby atmos mix or you're an actor performing or or you're doing the 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 rewrite of the adaptation we're all putting a piece of our our life experience our love of film our love of storytelling into this and what was really rewarding is the passion everybody brought to this and and that that just that that, that just was so fun to be a part of and, and I, I can think of all the different stages of production from the early scripting process where we're working with Andrew he kind of gave us this blessing and force went off and adapted the screenplay and we're just reading the scenes and it's like wow this is working you know this is coming together to the to being in the audio booth with you know che uh, Chelsea Spirito our lead actress Deborah Robin who played one of our main supportings Jamie Fishback one of our main supportings all the others who either showed up at the voiceover or they they did it remotely from their home studio. Um, just all the VO actors would, and what they gave us um, was awesome. And then just our production team, uh, Nancy and 
and um, our, our post side with Charlie and Nico over at Mirror Studios and what they were able to do with the sound design. And, and, and it, it, was, it was truly a joy to be a part of something where everybody was giving it 100%. And, and when you're in the creative world and the creative industries, when everybody is that selfless to a project, it just kind of takes on a life for itself. And I, I guess I'm speaking a little, you know, philosophical or whatever, emotional about it, but that that's the joy in creating something, to see it from the very beginning all the way to the end and to see everybody make it their own. Um, and then it takes a life on itself. It takes a piece of everybody and becomes this this awesome story that I hope hopefully will will resonate with plenty of people. Well, it sounds like the stars aligned for this production. Yeah, the movie gods, yes, you're right. The movie gods blessed us. Um, and when they bless you, you you do everything you can to get that show done. What was your favorite part of the process with making this series? My favorite part was um, was scoring. It's always been my favorite part of this business. I, I love all parts of this business. I, I, I love all parts of it. You can't do this unless you love it uh, in and out, uh, A to Z. But the scoring part of this, the soundtrack, to me, the music is so important. And that it was really important for us that we had an original score. Again, we wanted to make this an audio movie. And, and when White Wolf sent us his first kind of sample track, I remember listening to it and I called Forrest and went, that's it. That's it. That, it, I, I, it was like the moment everything crystallized for me in terms of the emotional tone of the film. It was on paper, the performance were there, everything, all the pieces to the puzzle were there, but the soundtrack just became this perfect kind of harmonizing glue that just made it all click. And I just played it, I played his demo um, sample that he sent to us over and over and over. And it just, it met, it, it, yeah, it, it just, um, yeah, it just it just manifested itself as uh, the tone of this movie, and and that to me is that 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 was that was the most memorable part as of this moment right now. Um, and we were just interviewing with with a big uh, film critic actually yesterday, who was taken by a film critic group um, that were taken by the uh, the male detective, and they kept mentioning how much the soundtrack stood out to them. So that, that makes me proud. You know, I want people to walk away from this going, this needs to be a movie. This this should be on screen, because that's the goal here, is to find a way to get it to screen. So tell me, what are some of your favorite scenes? I gotta, uh, yeah, so favorite scenes, I, I gotta go with the opening. I, I just think it is, hats off to, to Charlie and Nico at Mirror Studios, our our sound house, um, and Charlie's also our co-producer. But um, what they did with that opening scene, um, when we're in the troop carrier, and it's the flashback to Red, Red Wednesday, and the bullets flying, the grunting, the fighting, the, the carrier coming down, um, the crash, I mean... Happen. Hey! 
Uh, yeah, that that is an awesome scene. Um, I I also love the uh, the the solution forced figured out for montages. That was that was kind of a stumbling block for us because again we're we're dealing with a visual screenplay and in in the original source material there are montages. So how the heck do you do a montage in a podcast and an audio drama? And his 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 ideas and and solution works so well that I I, I really enjoy the montages um, of course my dear I know it can be hard doing your job especially being a woman as we're the purveyor of original sin the Lord Father rightfully makes us work harder so we've got to stick to hey babe can you hand me that fiber here are you still planning on hacking into the hotel system yep Nice place and all. Just wanna look around. I don't remember entering any competition for a free night stay. You can't keep shutting me out. I follow you and I follow you, but you give me nothing. Just relax, Jill. The less you know, the better. And uh gosh, favorite scenes. Um I love the diner scene between uh jack and detective schumann um it's just something about that scene um the whole noir feel of it the whole I, i'm just there i'm there i'm a guy sitting at the end of the bar with a cup of coffee looking over at them and uh yeah it just it's something very um cinematic um there's so many scenes um even the small stuff like in the cabbie where Jack has changed voice, you know, the little things that we did. Um, so it wasn't just the big stuff. It was like the little, the little tricks and the little layers that we built into here that you may not notice, but collectively build the world that you're a part of. The music was very layered and intense at times. I hear that there is a soundtrack available for the series, which is very unusual for an audio drama to put out. Right? Yes, Sam, there is a soundtrack and it's available on all streaming platforms. You can listen to the full audio drama soundtrack. Um, can't call it a motion picture soundtrack yet, but audio drama soundtrack wherever you uh, stream your music. Earlier, you talked about the inspiration for this series as being all the unproduced gems in Hollywood. Has that grown into something more beyond the metal detective? Yeah, so um, the, the best unproduced scripts in Hollywood, uh, that that was kind of what we know. We we know screenplays. We know a good story when we see that one. And I'm a huge fan of original stories. Don't get me wrong. I, I love some great sequels and there's been some, some great um, reboots as of late. But I, I think there are so many amazing original voices that that really have something entertaining and engaging to share um that struggle to find a way to get get out there um andrew hilton our screenplay writer um in the previous episode when he spoke really kind of summed it up about the numbers of um movies that get made and when you dwindle down how many are originally are, are at the end of the day original stories and if you look at the you know you look at um the graveyard of Hollywood, if that's what you want to call it, there are 
thousands, if not tens of thousands of amazing original stories that just never found their way. They may at one point have been set up. They may have had an actor, a director attached, a studio may have even greenlit it. But for whatever reason, for whatever unfortunate circumstance that the world was in, uh, the director fell out, the, you know, the studio merged or executive changed and shelved the project. And and the winds of Hollywood were just too strong against that project. And and the, the challenge with with creative endeavors like filmmaking or or television, for that matter, is that once the attachments fall off, be the director, actors, or whatever the studio, bringing that back together again is so hard and so unlikely. And so, for no fault to the story, the story is a brilliant story, but no fault to the story it gets buried and ends up in a shelf, ends up in a drawer, ends up in turnaround and gets forgotten. And and um, we just we just want to find those. We want to find those those unproduced gems and help them find a way to an audience. So it, it's, it's really exciting to partner with these writers and give them hope and say, hey, we may not be able to get it on the screen today, but this story I know audiences will love and respond to, and it's fresh, it's new. Um, just make it into an audio drama. Maybe from there we'll adapt it into a graphic novel. Maybe it'll become something else, but at least it'll become a living piece of intellectual property and have a better chance of finding its way to, to a movie screen or TV screen, uh, for that matter. And we've even started talking to, to Broadway producers uh, about unproduced Broadway stage plays um, and turning those into audio dramas and bringing those back to to Broadway if, if it could be possible. So, um, yeah, you know, that's my passion. We we've called we called it and uh, filed the trademark and got that. And it's called the Greatest Scripts Never Made series of podcasts. We shortened it to Greatest Scripts, but the uh, full title is The Greatest Scripts Never Made. And that's what we want to be known as is as producers and and creatives and and film and tv makers who who um fight for their original stories and find a way to bring them to audiences one way or the other can you give us a hint of what listeners can look forward to next well yes um hint hint of what we can look forward to next uh, i hate making promises <laughs> because uh, even in the podcast space i expect there to be headwinds here and there um but we are working on a few projects. We're talking to other um, other screenplay writers, other showrunners and directors and their passion projects and looking for ways to, to help bring those to the to audiences. Um, we are tackling a period piece. You know, one of the one of the interesting comments we always hear is period pieces so are so hard to make and then you'll see them make it. So we're tackling a racing period piece about a forgotten American hero, le legitimately forgotten American hero that most people don't realize was the inspiration behind what we today call NASCAR um, and American racing heritage. And uh, we have his life story rights and we've just acquired the screenplay and that's going through adaptation. It's, it's a little bit of a challenge because it's period, um, but I think we can do something really, really cool, different and that it's not being done in the audio drama space at all. And that's that's another thing that fortunately we're able to do is play with with breaking the mold. Like let's let's kind of do stuff that no one else is doing. 
Let's find a way to tell stories in a refreshing way and or tackle genres or or um, themes that aren't being told in the audio drama space. Um, that's one, and we're, we're talking to some others, uh, comics and graphic novels for adaptation. So a lot of cool ideas out there, even a video game company. So, um, I mean, literally the opportunities are endless, uh, but again, we're a small band of misfits, so we, we gotta be careful what we tackle so we don't bite off more than we can chew. Well, sounds like you're keeping very busy. I really appreciate you spending time with me today, sharing your story and giving us some insider bits of info from The Metal Detective. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sam. And if there's one last thing I could ask um, the audience who's listening is that if if you've got a heart for original stories or an interest in it, um, if you're one of those people that said there's nothing new being made in Hollywood, well, we're trying to change that. And all I ask you to do is like this podcast share it give us a review give us a handful of stars post it on your social media accounts get the word out there Um, the more people who listen to these original stories it will show those who've got the power to be and the, the the pen for the the checkbook that they deserve to be made into into um larger forms of uh, media be it you know film tv or or even broadway